ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please share with your friends and your family. We are currently in our knowing series studying in the book of John, and it's that time. Let's jump right into it. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Today, I have uh, Chris and Britton here with me, and we're going to be just discussing the sermon that we have. And actually, we we missed last week. I wasn't feeling great, and uh, Pastor Wade gave the sermon. Uh, if you missed that, go ahead and go back to YouTube. You can listen there. You can listen to all the sermons there on YouTube. Um, and uh, Pastor Wade gave a, a great sermon, so I encourage you all to go back and listen. Now, Pastor Tom today went over John chapter nine and, you know, this was a, a good, good sermon and a kind of a good, good concepts to go over because, you know, he goes into the miracle of Jesus healing the blind man. And one of the questions that kind of to kick us off is, you know, the disciples had is why was the man born blind? You know, was it his sins or his parents? And kind of going into that that concept of, you know, how can we wrap our heads around that sickness doesn't need a villain and can be just used for God's glory? Is there anything that came out to you guys on that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, they asked that and Jesus is like, well, hold on, it's not necessarily his sin or his parents' sin. But I, I think kind of working for God's glory in the sense that that miracle never takes place if he's not blind. I mean, Jesus doesn't get the chance to to put mud on his eyes and say, hey, go wash your eyes. And now all of a sudden the guy can see. So, I mean, I think ailments and sicknesses like that are really hard to cope with. And it's obviously really hard to say, oh, God's got it. Like, cause it's like, that's not what you want to hear in that moment. But mm-hmm. it, it's true. Like the miracles of God would, wouldn't, wouldn't take place if everything was perfect. If everything was perfect and dandy and sunshine and rainbows, like there would be no need for God's miracles. Everything would be fine. So I think that's that's my kind of fine, finite, simpleton mind way of thinking of how can God's, uh, why are these ailments, how does Jesus say it? He says, so that, he said it was not this man, that this man's sin or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the best way that my mind grasps that and understand what that means. Absolutely. It, one one analogy I think of, a lot of people nowadays are really into fitness, really into going to the gym, really into eating healthy. And just like you said, if you don't have resistance, if everything's just hunky-dory, if people still say that nowadays, um, if everything's you know, <laughs> spot, spotless and crystal and great, then there's not a lot of room for growth. But when you think about it, if you do, whether it's going to the gym, learning a new instrument, a new talent, it's usually tough. If you're not exhausted afterward, then you probably didn't mm. put a lot of work in. And it makes me think about, you always hear the phrase of your faith is a muscle. It has to be worked out. It has to be stretched. Otherwise, a lot of work may not be actually happening. And it makes me think about that um, basically where um, a lot of times it's it's not because anybody did anything. We are in a fallen world. There are sometimes consequences to actions. But right. at the same time, just like you said, is exactly what I got out of that um, from Pastor Tom today is if, you, if you're in a place and <clears> – excuse me. Um, if you're in a place and um, you're asking yourself why, a lot of times your focus is not on the right thing. A lot of times, um, this blind man, for example, um, uh, I like how he talked about, um, you know, we often take things for granted. Like most of us have Mm -hmm. never been blind. We may have had something in our eyes for a few minutes or things like that. 
Um, but there's a lot of things that you actually can take for granted if, if you're in that situation. Yeah. Um, and so it's just interesting that he chose this man who's had a lifetime of this. He's gotten used to this, but he wanted him to be able to see not only literally, but spiritually. Um, so it just seemed like such a great example to show what Jesus was planning to do. And the example it's set in the Bible for all of us for all eternity is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, one of the points you made, you know, kind of talking about that resistance and we all have different forms of resistance in our lives. And, you know, it's not this one size fits all, but sometimes leading into those obstacles are the way that we can grow closer to God and and grow, grow closer to Jesus. And those obstacles are, are put in our way. And, you know, God doesn't want us to just shy away from them, run the other direction. Sometimes, you know, the obstacle, you know, there, there's a book, the obstacle is the way. And, um, mm. um, and so that it's very true though. You know, when we lean into those, when we, when we show up and when we lean on, on Jesus, as we're going through those obstacles or that resistance, that is how we can grow our faith, grow that muscle. Um, and it's not shying away from them. And, you know, but yeah, that's what I thought of when you mentioned that there. Um, now, he, um, he also pointed out that healing requires God doing his part and us doing ours, trusting and obeying. And he used the, the blind man and also the example of Naaman. And um, so God does his part and expects us to do ours. What is it that, you know, you're asking him to produce? Are you uh, seeking healing or insight? Um, and until you take that step of faith and do your, your part, you know, you may see, you know, a portion of the answer, but you, you won't, you won't experience the fullness of God's blessing. So not until you, you go to your own pool of, so how do you, how do you say it? Pool of Salome? I think that's right. Okay. Uh, (laughs) The place where God is sending you, how can we ensure that we're taking those steps? How can we ensure that we're, we're going to that pool of Salome where we're taking the steps to obey and trust God? How, how do you guys find that in just ensuring that you're following the right, you know, commands there? Mm. Wow. That's actually a pretty loaded question. (laughs) Um, um, I think there's a lot of steps that are practical. Um, If you don't, especially if you're newer in your faith, like a lot of people are today, um, there's, we always look for this magical checklist of how do I know I'm doing things right? Mm-hmm. What if I can't literally hear God? I don't hear a voice like I hear right now listening to this podcast whenever I ask God something. Um, a lot of times it comes to, are you praying about it? Are you seeking accountability from people who do have a strong walk with the Lord who can help walk alongside you to help you understand that? Um, are you actually um, comparing what you're hearing to the Word of God to mm. make sure it lines up? Because yeah, that is good. very important because it's really easy to say, I feel like this is the right mm-hmm. thing to do. I feel like this is the right <laughs> thing to do. Uh-huh. And feelings are, are often very wrong because they come from a heart that can often be filled with sin. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very important to do that. Um, it, it's really really tough to be completely honest. Um, I think it just takes time. It takes growing your faith. It takes trust, a lot of trust in God that what he's telling you really is for his good first and foremost, but also for your own good in the process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would, that's all spot on nail on the head. I would also (laughs) add that, um, I mean, Jesus tells us too, you can, you can see, um, success or you can see spiritual fruition through the fruit that it's providing. I mean, it says like, you know, I, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically says, you know, you're not going to get oranges from an apple tree. You're, mm-hmm. you're, yep. you're going to get the fruit that you're putting into it. So I think it's, 
not always. I don't think you can necessarily always look around and be like, man, I'm, I'm not being fruitful right now. Maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Cause there's, there's also that whole thing. Hey, strike the ground seven times. If you would have struck this, you, you struck the ground three times. If you would have struck it seven, you know, you keep working at it. There's going to be a breakthrough. But at the same time, if, if you're you know on this path for a while now, and there's not any fruit being produced. It might be time to reevaluate and kind of compare to the scripture, add some advice. And, and cause I think fruit uh, that you're producing can be a really, really good indicator of what path you're on and what direction you're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so later on, you know, he goes into the, you know, God being the the good shepherd and um, kind of that helps me kind of remind me that, um, you know, when we are going through that, when we're trying to figure out what God's saying to us, it kind of reminds me, you know, if we're the the sheep in that that's that scenario there, you know, they're listening to the voice of their shepherd and they probably have a good idea of, you know, that specific voice. You know, these sheep are, you know, wandering away. They're going, um, I wonder if it would be the same if just a different shepherd came in and tried to, you know, get them to go where they wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it probably would because, you know, it's it's he's tending the flock. And so how can we better you know, adjust our, our hearing, our frequency to, to hear God's voice as the strongest one, because we have so many different distractions. We have so many different ways that people tell you the right thing to do in this mm-hmm. scenario, you know, even well-meaning friends, you know, it, what family, you know, it's, it's people that are, you're going through this tough time and they want to tell you, oh, this is what I did. This is what you need to do and everything. And those can overshadow uh, Jesus's voice a lot of time. And so, you know, trying to adjust our frequency so that we can hear his voice more often. And like you said, Chris, it's about praying about it. It's about diving into the word. And I, I think that those are, are really strong takeaways of actionable things that you you can do. Um, but, uh, you know, diving into a couple of the, those titles. So Jesus identifies himself with four titles. And just to kind of preface that, you know, why are, why are titles important? Why does Jesus give himself titles in general? And how, how are titles important to us and how we, you know, experience the Bible and experience um, just life? Um, I mean, we're, we're descriptive creatures, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's good. Uh, t- titles come as a precursor of what's to come next, right? So you hear, you may have never met someone in your life, but you hear, oh, I'm, you know, doctor of oncology. And all of a sudden you kind of, you have an expectation for what mm-hmm. that person is and who they are and what they've done. And so I think that's kind of helpful for us as humans. I think that's part of the reason. But I mean, yeah, these you start getting into these titles, the light of the world. What does that mean? I mean, light of the world is obviously, especially in a dark world that we are in, it's something that can be spotted from far off. It's something to be attained. It's something to be reached and grasped and um, something that shows, uh, lights up your literal path. Like what, when you're walking in this this dark world, you need that light to actually see your next steps, to see what he has planned for you. Then you start talking about, uh, the son of man that brings in Jesus as humanity. Cause obviously the light of the world, that's pretty divine. That's a, that's a huge one. But then you start talking about son of man that brings him down to his humanity um, with his deity, how those are combined on this earth. And then you get to the gate and the good shepherd. Those, I, we were pa- talking to pastor Devon before this and that resonated with me a ton today. We'll get more into that, but, but yeah, the titles, I think they're just a nice precursor to setting up um especially when Jesus is using them, he seems to use them. And then he goes into deeper what that means, like what, what that um, title actually insinuates and what it means. And I, I do want to jump into more the gate and the good shepherd, but I'll, yeah. let, I'll let Chris go sure, first about go t- talk about titles a little bit. 
I would I would say along with that something that it's tough for us to fully understand unless we're biblical scholars, which I don't think any of the three of us are in the nope. room necessarily. Nope, um, not today. Just a little bit. <laughs> but, but especially back then to the people he was literally talking to physically at the time, they were so knowledgeable on what we now call the Old Testament, on all these prophecies and titles of things that were said to come. And so he, it's really interesting if you take the time to really dive in super detailed and like meticulously into all these phrases, what they actually mean, and when he uses it and the people group he tends to use it to, um, it's to either uh, open their eyes or to kind of get them off their high horses quite often of their expectations of, well, the Messiah is supposed to be this. You mm. say you're this, but you're, but no, we're expect, this is what we're expecting because mm-hmm. <laughs> we do that all the time. We, you know, we, we put God in our own little box. This is exactly how we think it should go. Um, so I love that when he uses a titles and even more than one, because a lot of times it's a reference to what one of the prophets in the Old Testament had said, there will be a Messiah and he will be this, he will be this, he will be that. Uh, so I, at any time I hear that title, I usually try to take a few minutes later that day and try to like Google it or look it up to say, where does it also use that title somewhere in the Old Testament? And quite often you'll find those. And it's really cool to see the correlation that he does and the connections he makes of like, yes, I am the one foretold. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a reason why I'm using all these titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that, yeah, the, those titles, um, you know, with the the son of man, it, it makes it more accessible. It makes it more, you know, mm-hmm. relational. And so, um, you know, uh, Pastor Tom used the word personal later, but, you know, when, when you, when you think about that and these, uh, from what I, I could take, you know, the, the relationship between these people and their God kind of was just like this big hierarchy of just, you know, and when Jesus came, it just brought it, you know, a little bit closer. And so they could feel like this personal experience and everything. Right. Um, but Britt, you talked a little bit about the the gate or the door and the the good shepherd. What, what stood out to you on those kind of titles that he, um, you know, mentioned there? Right. Well, cause I think some of them like the light of the world. It's kind of straightforward. It's a dark mm-hmm. world. It's a light. That's, Illuminating our path. Okay, easy enough. But then you start talking about the gate and the good shepherd, especially the gate, how Pastor Tom broke down even more. It's a, it's, it's a double entendre. It's two ways. It's, it's I'm the gate. Only uh, All that pass through me you, you know, will have eternal life. There's that type of gate where you have to go through Jesus to attain that eternal life. But then he breaks it down with in hand in hand with I'm the good shepherd, where he talks about how shepherds weren't just these hired hands. They, they weren't just these, these stable boys. They weren't just... You know, oh, there's a wolf about to eat the sheep. Mm-hmm. Ah, sorry, not my job, but my pig. <laughs> right. These were, yeah, these were men that were charged with protecting and guiding those sheep no matter what. And if a wolf, he even talked about, Pastor Tom talked about, if a wolf got in the pen, the the shepherd would act as the gate. He would stand in between as a divider between the sheep mm-hmm. and their, or their uh, I, I guess, what would a wolf be? A predator, their predator yeah. that was trying to kill them and just illuminating that into our own lives, how like, yes, we have to pass through the gate to be able to attain that eternal life, but also in the same breath, our God is our gate to protect us from all of that outside noise, all of those outside object or um, obstacles and, and, and um, yeah, just anything that is coming up against us to, to have this God that is willing to lay himself in between and act as that divider is just such a beautiful person or, or depiction of of what he is. I just think it's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could see just that providing a lot of comfort to them, Absolutely. you know, as far as, you know, them thinking that, that the God kind of just watches over and kind of just, you know, 
pulls the strings here and there, but mm-hmm. then, you know, having that, that relationship where he's, he is going to come into my life when things are not going well, or he is going to protect me from, you know, Satan and the, these dark forces and everything. Um, but yeah, um, anything for you, Chris, that came out there? Yeah. When I, when I would think about gate, I, I live in an HOA and um, there you go. <laughs> I'm not going to knock it, but like ours literally requires, if you want a fence around your yard, it is, has to be four feet shadow box fence. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I could hop, my, my 11 year old could hop over that. My dog uh, I used to have could hop over that. What's, What's the, the point, point of it? <laughs> um, you know, so gates to us nowadays is kind of a loose term, but <laughs> especially back then the cities they were in. Usually the walls were so high, there was literally no way in or out of that city unless you go through the gates. Not only does it protect you, um, it goes both ways, just like you said earlier. And so what, what I love about the concept of a gate is it's not just a, one of many ways in and out of the city. We just walk around mm-hmm. 20 different exits or entrances, emergency <laughs> exit this way, you know, hop over this three-foot shrub and you'll be out of the city. Um, <laughs> it, it, the gate was the way in or out. So when he uses that analogy of I am the gate, I, I like to believe that stuck to them, especially everyone there, that this is literally I am the one way in or out. There are no other options. I, I mm-hmm. am the gate for you. I will protect you. I am the entrance. I am the exit. I am the one way. Mm. Yeah, I and, love that. A totally different understanding of gate for them, right? These yeah. massive protection, yeah, like yeah. structures for protection. And, and yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, because I didn't even think about that. I'm it's still in my head. I'm picturing like a little dinky gate. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, that's cool. Like, yeah, yeah this yeah. big, yeah, that's very cool. And I'll say real quick about the shepherd too. One thing, um, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about historical like shepherds back then, but um to the point that it was brought up today is that they are they are around each other nonstop, and it goes both ways, the sheep to the shepherd, the shepherd to the sheep. I think a lot of us have pets or our kids or family members have pets, and you know the longer you have that pet, it gets to the point that you can just call, you can just talk. Um, some, some animals can actually hear your car come up and hear the engine mm-hmm. and literally recognize it's the engine of my owner's car, which mm-hmm. blows me away, um, it, that they actually have that kind of recognition. And to think that not only is the shepherd the one and only, but I think like you said earlier, Britt, um, if someone else just walks up like, oh, I'm taking the shift today, <laughs> I would think the sheep would be terrified. I don't recognize your smell, mm. your sight, your mm-hmm. sound. I'm used to this one and only thing that I'm around day and night. This is my lifeline. This is who guides me. This is who makes sure I'm fed. Uh, this, this is the one thing, This the one person who's actually taking care of me. So when he uh, says, I am the good shepherd. Um, that's that's really powerful when you stop and think about that of, I'm not just going to come and go. I don't have business hours nine to five here if you need me. I'm going to be around you day and night. And l- like you said earlier too, um, Eric, it's um, the more and more that you're around them, uh, it's just going to become more and more of a bond. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Pastor Tom, you know, um, went into, you know, what, what thread, you know, holds these titles together. And um, you know, it's, it's that personal relationship and that's kind of what we can see, you know, as we look through the light of the world, son of man, the gate or door, and then the good shepherd, it's, it's all about creating that relationship and having that accessibility to experience God in this new way that was kind of revolutionary for them. And, you know, he doesn't make it, you know, obscure. He doesn't make it, you know, something that they, they couldn't understand. And, you know, it's, it's very clear that this is the way, if you want to experience, you know, salvation, if you wanted to, you know, it's through Jesus, it's not, you know, and I think we get into that today where, you know, people want to believe that, you know, all of these different religions could, you know, lead to the same place. And, you know, it may feel good for people just to be inclusive, just to say that, you know, there's many ways to the the kingdom and, you know, it's, it's not necessarily through Jesus. It could be through all these. And, 
you know, that's, that's something out there today that, um, you know, I guess, how can we use these, these titles and how, how can those impact our lives today and talking with community or talking with people that we know and just clarifying that for them? Clarifying the, the titles or, or yeah. And, and how, how can, how can we just, how does that impact us knowing that we have these titles, we have this clear path of what Jesus is laying out for us. How can we, you know, relay that to people around us? How can we kind of experience that in love without giving them this kind of obscure thing that, you know, there, there may be many ways to, to get to, to heaven. It's, it's kind of that, um, that, that that's something that I see. Yeah. It's tough. Cause it's a dichotomy, right? Cause mm-hmm. you don't want to offend someone to the point of being shut out, uh, shutting out the gospel and mm-hmm. shut down to the gospel. But you also have to stand on truth and we have to stand on what the teaching of the Bible says. And so, I mean, just even just in that one title, I am the gate. Like I am the one way, you know, it's, um, I think it's through patience. I think it's through, understanding of course because i think we do have to understand this as well that as we as we think about and as we think and we believe and we have faith in our religion they have the same for theirs so like mm-hmm. we have to have that understanding that they're having the same perspective as us so we have to have that patience that understanding and that that um i guess that understanding that it's not going to it may not happen all in one <laughs> all in one shot oh, yeah. but it didn't for Jesus either, right? Jesus was traveling around for mm-hmm. three years doing his ministry, and this is Jesus we're talking about. Yeah, he changed a lot of lives, but I think it's just huge to be able to explain these properly is a huge one. We don't want to be wrong about how we're explaining these and breaking these down, and I don't think there's necessary. I mean, there's a lot that Jesus is doing here. Like you said, this is a very potent message, but yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing is patience, understanding, and clearly depicting and 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 sharing these titles and what they mean and what they mean for us in our lives on a day-to-day mm-hmm. walk. I yeah. think that's huge. Oh, man, where to go? <laughs> um, one title that wasn't actually brought up today, but it comes to mind is King of Kings. Um, obviously, we don't have kings today, um, but when you read about kings or you've read about them in history class, junior high, high school, whatever the case was, you really understand that there is usually nothing personal if you ever have an interaction with a king. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Because you're either going to get promoted to something that could possibly kill you or uh, and get more power than you asked for, or you're in trouble and you might get executed or, or something crazy and intense. It's a very fearful relationship. Um, what I love about any title I've heard to this day of, of how Jesus describes himself in the word um, when he was here on earth uh, speaking to people is um, it's just, it makes me think of the word personal. Um, mm-hmm. It really makes me think of somebody who literally um, has the power to do anything, who actually, if you if you choose to believe this, actually created everything, uh, created the heavens, the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, planets, everybody on earth, everything you see, everything you see on TV, on your phone, uh, you know, anything out that's out there in the world he created. And the fact that there's a creator out there who actually cares about you enough that he doesn't want to be like the kings of old who wants no interaction. He just wants his kingdom to be run his way and not even know your name. You're just a peasant in his kingdom. Mm-hmm. He actually wants to literally know everybody personally. He wants to interact with you. And the more you get to know him, the more you want to have a heart to serve him. And in doing that, the closer you get to him. Um, it's just something that it's never completely registered in my brain and that has never fully made sense because I, I think it, in some ways it's not supposed to. And that, that is a tough thing talking to people, especially if they don't know anything about this, if they're being exposed to the first time. But hopefully 
when they see the genuine, the genuine, genuineness. Yeah, that's the word genuineness <laughs> in your eyes. When they actually see through your actions, they can truly believe that you're being genuine and that you are truly joyful when you choose to follow Jesus, then it's going to create a hunger in them, not because of you, but because of the Holy Spirit that's shining through you. They're mm. going to see that and they're going to realize there's something personal about this. There's something mm. real. Mm. Um, and it's going to hopefully make them hungry and the Holy Spirit will start working on the seeds that you can plant uh, to actually speak to them and start that personal relationship. And you get the joy of getting to be a part of that, to spread that, to help someone else actually have hopefully a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's, it's the most amazing thing on the planet. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. No, I think that, yeah, the way that, you know, we can, you know, show that excitement, show that it's not just this, you know, hierarchy of a relationship, you know, talking about it and really sharing experiences, making it personal, um, how God has impacted us and how that is leading us along the path of the best life that we could, we could live. You know, I tried this, I went down this you know path, I went and did this, or, you know, explaining that this following, you know, Christ and following into that personal relationship really opens up that door of how that we can live that, that life that we're truly called to live. Um, but yeah, is there any, any closing thoughts for either of you um, before we go today? Um, I would just say, wrapping up on the thought of personal, one of the most personal things, if you haven't actually heard this before or, or really heard this in the message or heard it from any friends, is the most personal thing is when you actually accept Jesus Christ, God, the creator of the universe, the the, the triune, uh, actually puts a piece of himself inside of you. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit actually comes to dwell inside of you. Mm -hmm. It's nothing you'll see with your eyes. It may not be anything you hear with your ears, but you'll feel it in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind, in your soul, that you actually have a, such a personal relationship that he literally instills part of himself inside of you to help guide you. Mm -hmm. Very good, yeah. Yeah, and just, I mean, keep echoing this gate and good shepherd stuff, man. I, I said it on the stream as well. If you, I don't know what you're going through. We don't, and I never want to come across like I'm dim, like I'm diminishing what you're going through. Things in this life are tough. I, mm -hmm. I, I know it, you know it, we all know it, but it truly doesn't matter what it is you are going through. Jesus is there to be that gate, to be that protector, to be that peace, to be that comfort, to be all of those things. Just whether it's just literally giving you the energy and the peace and the comfort to get through that or whether it's going to be an absolute incredible miracle that's going to change it, a 180-degree swing, um, just remember that. Keep that in mind, that I am statement, I am the gate, that he is there to protect you, to bring you peace, to bring you comfort, and to guide you through whatever situation you're going through, no matter what it is. Definitely. Amen. Join us next week. Have a good, have a good week, guys.